Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. We would have just been talking amongst ourselves, like no big deal. I mean, great. <laughs> yeah, it's a lively episode. That's what the podcast used to be like. Yeah, you and me just bullshitting. Yeah. All right. We're going to go live here, Minnie. I'll give him like a second. Says we're live. Says we're live. We're going to be live. Let's do this. This is the OKest Hunter podcast. Never pass on shooter bucks, because that's just me for the freezer. It's your tag, you hunt how you want. This is OKest Hunter. What up, what up? Welcome back to the OK Sunder Podcast. Coming at you from all over Wisconsin. I'm in the studio. Derek's in the basement cutting up some loins, or what do you got there? Is that yeah, we got some. These are just some back straps back right straps. here. Greg's in the kitchen that. cooking. Yeah, buddy. We got West Bend in the house, Lake Mills in the house, Oconomowoc in the house. We got COVID in our house, so I figured you guys <laughs> should probably not come over here and Greg wasn't going to come anyways, that son of a bitch. No, when I got two more deer to get cut up, so uh, that's what we're doing. What is all the nicknames we're giving you? The sl- Greg the Slaughterhouse Tubs? Is that what you yeah. got in there now? I don't know. I just made it up right now. That sounds pretty good. Greg Doe Tubs? <laughs> whatever, whatever works for you. I don't you. know. I don't have any other ideas. Good evening, David. Hello, David. folks that are joining us in the, the chat here. Rabbit homesteading. I like that one. That's pretty neat. Does that mean there's rabbits? I bet he. I'll bet he raises rabbits, or she raises rabbits. They. I did a logo for a rabbit ranch once. Ramage Rams Range Rabbit Ranch, something like that, a long time ago. This is one of the better logos I've ever done. I was really impressed with it. It's a real tongue twister. Yeah, it was strange, and I was like, I didn't know rabbit ranches were real things. (laughs) Well, I mean, you've probably been to the bunny ranch a few times. Mm. I haven't. I haven't. No, yeah, Squirrel Ranch, maybe. But anywho, uh, we're brought to you by Half Rack. You guys use any Half Rack stuff tonight? Greg, can go sit on a stool in there or what? No, actually, I have my uh, Half Rack Gamro rocking and rolling. Oh, I forgot to get Derek one of those. Sorry about that, Derek. I dropped the ball. Way to go, Derek. We had a tie-down strap over a rafter in the garage for the bow one, and then the last one, she got the old... uh, the old uh, kids' playset over the, uh, you know, right next to the swing, between the blue swing and the red swing. That's where this one was hanging. So. Jeez, Greg, how do you like that gambrel? Gambrel? Yeah, I there? tell you what. Like I, I rigged a set of just double pulleys and it worked well, but the mechanical advantage on this thing because it has pulleys? four pulleys, it has four pulleys in it. Um, I can pull a deer up with one hand. So that way you can hold your beer in your other hand. That's right. Gotta have your priorities. Well, I'm balanced. gonna be doing that because uh, 
my father-in-law, Peter, asked what I wanted for Christmas, and I sent them a $80 remote winch for the garage. So next year, I'll be tipping them back, sending you guys a video of that. So you're going to get Warren as a sponsor then, or what? Oh, no, it's not quality like that. This is like some Harbor Freight bullshit. (laughs) Hey, you know what? It still beats hoisting it up by hand. Yeah, I might be needing that pulley system after all. The old Harbor Shake. <laughs> ah, shoot. You guys are great. My deer's done. I didn't do what you guys are doing. Derek, well, you got two kids. We'll, and you're down your we'll, leave the, uh, we'll leave the childish comments to ourselves for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, what did, what did we po- We posted something, and people are like, oh, yeah, yeah. Tyler put out a post of, like, the line at the butcher shop. And people are like, you're not a real hunter if you're not processing your own deer. And I'm like, is that where we're drawing the line now? That if I don't process my own deer, I'm not a real hunter? Like, I don't know. Yeah, the guys who barely have time to hunt now have to also find the time to process everything on their own. Don't get me wrong, I like doing this, but it's hard to find time. It is hard to find time. Well, I'm, time is of the essence in some cases, too, if it's too hot or like circumstances kind of can kind of be dicey, you know? I would love to butcher my own deer. I did it. I've done it. Uh, I suck at it. Though. Like, I suck at everything else. So it's a you want to talk about i put the process in processing it's a fucking process <laughs> <laughs> yeah you'll have that on those bigger jobs yeah and everything's a bigger job when i'm around if it wasn't a big job i'll make it a big job but no i'm glad to see greg using the half rack uh stuff over that's pretty cool if you guys uh listening don't know who half rack is they make accessories with the soul uh would i would say you can go to halfrack.com use code ohp um also latitude i think they're just wrapping up some of their their sales i've had a number of people message us on the old uh OKS hunter instagram or facebook or whatever channel they're using to get a hold of us saying just pulled the trigger on my latitude uh took advantage of some sales like people are using discount codes good to hear good to see they pretty had neat. a pretty good sale on their three pack of carbon sticks i saw looking pretty good a lot of guys were buying that it seemed um i know we've all Put them to the test this season, and I really don't want to go in the woods without them after using them this hey, year. What? You know, we talk about give and take, and yeah, there's some things that are they're they're not perfect. I don't think there's anything out there that's perfect, right? No. Anything in your system, unless you have a way of tweaking it or modifying it to make it perfect the way you want it. There's give and take with everything. These are lightweight. Do they grip 100% the best? They're not as good as some of the other sticks out on the market, but they definitely grip good enough. I think they grip good enough. Yeah, I've had a problem with the grip at all. Um, I mean, we were testing them here too. You could see, like, yeah, I mean, they, the they slide maybe, around but... a little bit. You can make them slide around if you kick on them just right. But I can make a an old lone wolf stick or an XOP stick slide around too if I wanted to. So it's just a matter of how you're using it and, and know where to grab and pull on them and where you shouldn't. Yeah. I'll but say the the stackability because there's nothing, there's nothing, there's no obstruction. It's just all flat surface. They just plunk, 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 they just stack. There's nothing to it. And I did use the Good Sit Mobile, uh, bungee cord thingamajigger. Um, yep. That bungee it, cord mod is really nice. Yeah. I it's so say. it's so simple, and it seems yes. like it wouldn't be a big deal. But gosh, does that make your life just ten times easier when you're going to stick it on your stand or stick it on your pack? Ten times easier. Brian's yeah. all of Brian's stuff is just well thought out like that. Yep. Yeah. Brian did a great job with that. Well, he saw what I was trying to do without his stuff, and he's like, "Yeah, that's I'll need." I was using like a ratchet strap or some pull-down thing, <laughs> and he's like, "Don't do that." 
I was like, oh, okay, because I didn't know. Because they're like, whatever. Anyway, um, Kodo HP over there. Go wild. Head over there. Tag your tag your trophies if you got them. Post your stuff. Use your points. Save some money. Kodo HP will help you out of the checkout. Same thing with Spartan Forge. We just had someone message me uh, or the channel again uh, a couple days ago. They s they watched the YouTube episode with Bill about like distilling uh, an e an e scout through Spartan Forge, and uh, he he's like, oh, I missed the discount code because he just joined from the app and didn't go to the website. If you want to take advantage of that 20% off, that's significant. 20% ain't nothing, especially since the prices are going up. So I would say join on the website. Then when you log in from the app, you'll have that discount come through for you. But um, just a little bit of housekeeping there. I think I got everybody I'm supposed to be talking about here. Hey, uh, Bill had a really good season this year, didn't he? Man, did he ever. Those are some gnarly freaking gear. The one looked like it had two racks on it. Yeah. He Don't got, he got some pretty cool looking bucks. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Happy for him. Good to see people like him tagging. He's been, it's so funny because, like, you and John, I think, didn't Johnny Stewart get a nice one this year, too? Oh, yeah. Like, you'll see me rocking the same buck photo on my Facebook profile for the next couple years until I tag another one. Like, <laughs> you can always tell when someone gets a nice deer because it's like, oh, fin finally time to go and update the old profile pic. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like the same one for a couple years. It's like, well, clearly Eric hasn't gotten anything since 2022, you know. <laughs> Anywho, um, I don't know. Topic-wise tonight, late-season stuff, muzzleloader stuff. Like, we're in Wisconsin. We have listeners all over the place. So, curious to see what everyone else has got going on for – I wouldn't say it's late-season yet. It's not. But by the time people get around to listening to this, if they're a couple weeks behind or what have you, and the holiday mad dash is coming up and all that stuff, might be cool to, to get this one on the playlist to uh, – have some late season stuff. Greg, you're a late season kind of guy who, uh, I mean, last year you pushed it to the very last day and you could have killed him. I'm a late season kind of guy. Uh, you like it and you love it and you want some more of it. And yeah, I mean, who doesn't want to go out and bow hunt in the snow? Yeah. Well, you, you could have shot your buck last year, late season, but he dropped his freaking antlers. <laughs> That's how late you were at it. Yeah. Well, what do you do? I don't know. What happens when you screw up on the first attempt and uh, the second attempt was a layup shot and he's missing his antlers. Oh, well, smart, smart buck. So will you, will you have access to that same property again this year where you were hunting? I do. Um, but that heavy racked, that real heavy short racked, uh, I don't know, what was he, a 10 or a 12 pointer? He got, he got picked off this year finally. Oh, really? Yeah, a guy got him with a crossbow. Uh, one of one of the uh, other guys that hunts that piece of property. How does that make you feel that he got with the crossbow? Whatever, good for him. I, good. you know, I bet that guy is happier than heck because that guy had some health issues. I think that guy earned that buck. You know, good here. He, he he went through he went through some things in life, and you know, he finally got out and got to do some hunting and found some happiness and and went out and killed a nice buck, a nice old buck. So there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, there's going to be another buck that moves in. There's enough does over there. Will it be as big? I don't know. Will it be bigger? Could be. Might be a bunch of little guys running around. And maybe, maybe I'll have to scratch the itch on the old release finger and and whack a small one. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, you got to have some handles to stir that to stir that stew. You know. Right. <laughs> exactly. I was, dude. I I don't know. Do we talk about? We talked about the gun stuff last week a little bit. But Derek, we talked about opening weekend. Yep. Yeah, you put out a really nice post. Both of you guys did. Um, Derek, yours was really great. You talked about how you had one of the most successful seasons you've ever had, and yet you didn't tag a buck. You want to talk about that for two seconds here? 
Yeah. Um, I, I mean, every year seems to go by so fast and every season you get so just, you know, I, I get like almost just stuck in a rhythm of like, got to get out, got to you know, make the most of my time, go, go, go. And just planning and scheming. And I'm always looking at the next spot and what's the wind doing. And I really just didn't have time to kind of like slow down and really look at everything that happened in my time this season uh, until, until Saturday night. So this past weekend, second weekend of Wisconsin gun season, um, the wife granted me permission to get out. I'd hunted opening day Saturday, and then I hunted like a half day Sunday, and then I headed home. So I hunted like a day and a half. Now my dad got that nice buck, and I helped him get that out. Um, I still had a little itch that needed scratch, and I still wanted to get out for a little bit of time for gun season. So I asked the wife, could I go Saturday? And she said, yeah, go for it. She had some stuff to do anyway with the kids. So um, it was actually a spot I sent Eric earlier this season. Um, he was kind of contemplating where to go. And I sent you a pin and I was like, well, I've never been here before ever, but I really like this spot on the map. I think it'd be good. It's far enough in where I don't think it's going to get too much pressure. So Eric never got around to that. He was hitting some hot sign in a different area and it ended up paying off pretty nicely. Um, so I decided to go try that area out. And I got up super early. It's like an hour and 10 minute drive from my house to get there. And I wanted to get back in there because it's like a mile and a half walk. It looked easy, but a pretty far walk to get back to the spot I wanted to. So I got there. Nobody was there. I was the first one in the parking lot. Um, the only thing was on the map, the parking lot looks like it goes back into this property and there's a spot to park, which there is. But for gun season, they must gate it right at the road. <laughs> So it added like three quarters of a mile to the walk. So it was, it was a pretty good hike, but I uh, just walked real fast and ended up getting into this spot. And from just like my headlamp in the dark, because you know, so many times you have it envisioned, I like envision it in my head, what it's going to be like, what the train's going to be like, what the brush is going to be like. And in my head, I was like, you know, it's going to be way more grown up than what it shows on the map. It's going to be thicker. I'm not going to be able to see as good. <clears throat> but as I'm getting in there, and looking with my headlamp, I saw one doe as I walked in, kind of right in the beginning. I was like, all right, there's deer in here. This is good. But the train was like almost exactly what I was hoping it would be, even <laughs> though I thought it was going to be worse. I was like, man, this might work out really good. Um, and then on Spartan Forge, I could see there was like three big trees along this wet ditch. And there was pretty good water in there. I found a place to cross it. So I crossed it and I started getting closer to these big trees. And I'm like, holy shit these are big trees uh the first one that i had marked on my map the one i wanted to get in was a cottonwood tree felt like i was in like the montana river breaks this freaking cottonwood i swear the trunk was about as big as a truck bed so i was like well no sticks are going into this sucker uh but luckily there were some branches and there was like another tree next to it so i was like well you know me i'm a monkey i'll make this work so i had four sticks with me no platform um and my saddle so I climbed up about 14 feet on the branches, put my sticks up, four sticks with aiders. I was probably 40 some feet up into this tree and I could see forever. It was awesome. Yeah. When you said you're 40 feet, I'm like, what the f what do you mean? Yeah. That's like really high, dude. Jesus. It was super high. It was super high. With a uh, gun too. Oh man. Brutal. But I could see, I could see this whole Creek bottom and it was just really nice terrain. It worked out great. Sunrise was beautiful that morning. Um, long story short, I just totally forgot that we were talking about a totally different thing. No, it's all good. Um, <clears throat> a nice buck ended up coming out around 7.30, and I totally botched it. I, I missed the shot. I should have waited. I was impatient. I thought he was going to 
blow out of there and I didn't want to miss my chance. So I wasn't as steady as I should have been. And I shot, he bounded into the brush. I sent one more downrange and just immediately knew that was so stupid to take that shot. I should have waited, should have waited. We talked about um, this before with, with you and me, huh? Like, you're like, I'm taking shots. And I'm like, I wish I had more of that, like, go, you know? Yeah. Usually, usually everything with gun season and just with, the spots that I typically hunt in general are so thick that it's like, you don't have time to think about it. You know what I mean? It's like more of like a reaction thing, which I'm like, I feel like I'm good at that. This was like, he's standing in the open. He's like 160 yards standing there. He's watching a doe. I probably had all fricking day to just sit there, but like, I'm trying to get steady. So like I'm facing the tree, he's behind me. So I'm turned in my saddle and I'm trying to like lean on this and lean on that. And I'm trying to get steady. And I never got steady and I still forced it, which is just so stupid. Um, but I forced it and I messed it up and he got away unscathed. Um, so I was kicking myself in the butt. Later that day, I went to a different piece of public closer to home and ended up shooting a doe. And while I was dragging that doe out is when I started to have like time to slow down here. It's like getting dark. I started thinking about all the drags that I had been on this season. And I got to take two of my best friends down to Illinois. They both shot bucks. One of them shot his best buck he's ever shot. Got to be a part of both of those recoveries, both of those drags. Got to take my dad to a spot. He shot a buck, got to drag that out for him. Um, and being part of like all of your stories, Tyler's story, you know, just being part of it, not being in the drag, but then Eric's story, like it just made me realize like, holy cow, like, you know, everyone just sees those buck pictures that are posted on social, but it was been one hell of a season just with the memories made and like the people that I got to enjoy these moments that meant so much. It was just like a really good moment dragging out that dough. I just felt so accomplished, not with like what I've done, but just like the experiences that I got, like that's what the season was about to me in that moment. And it was like really fulfilling, uh, really fulfilling. I, I really enjoyed it. Hey bud. That's awesome, man. I, um, you know, put in, a good chunk of effort for for what I would do for a season and got myself into some good stuff and had some misses and and I wouldn't say totally botched opportunities but just opportunities that were really hard to succeed in to in terms of like killing and uh when I got that that uh eight pointer in in Prairie du Chien or Grant County where we were at with the gun I could almost feel that voicing, not the biggest buck, but, and I was like, F that. This is a great buck. I love this spot. I love the time that I had with my, my dad, my friends. I love going to this place. It's way more than the, it really is way. Like, I don't think I could have like put my finger on the fact that it's, it's, it's way more than the antlers. Like, I know we say that, but that was like a testament to it. Like I, I got into the hunting spot. We had the cameraman with Cam. And I'm like telling him about that spot. I'm like, man, this is, this is like literally my spot. I, it's on public land. It's not my spot, but like this tree. I've sat in this tree. I've sat at the bottom of this tree for almost 14 years. I've been coming to these woods in this spot in these pines, and it just means so much to me. He's like, dude, did you have you like have you ingrained uh, like etched your name into that tree? I was like, oh, that would have been a cool idea. Like etch my kills because I've killed so many deer out of the base of that tree. Um, Stories on, on top of stories on top of stories on top of stories far before I, you know, even knew what I was really doing hunting. And uh, that spot's really special to me. So when I got that buck, I was super thrilled. I just, I was like, I'm so happy. I'm just so happy. 
And uh, I worked so hard this bow season to try to do something where I'd get another, you know, wh what could have been 150-inch deer. And, oh, well, it didn't happen. But, it, but this one did happen, and I'm proud of it. And so I think it's just important to have that moment to be present, reflect, and, and stay positive about things and, like, appreciate the opportunity you have. Now I got meat. My daughter's happy. It's awesome. It's freaking great. So no, I, no I buck shame, it. man. No buck shame. And, and like, honestly, like, we shame ourselves the most, I think. You could easily uh, chalk your season up to being not successful because you didn't kill a big buck, you know? And instead, you took a moment to reflect and appreciate the stories that came out of this year. And I think that's that's important. Yeah, I think uh, your story with just, like, that sacred spot. Like, I think everyone has a woods that when they walk in it, it's just like you have some connection to it yes. on a spiritual or emotional level. And I think, like... You know, it is your mindset and how you look at it. And that's a lot like what your mantra has been with like OKS Hunter, which is why I thought it was such a cool thing. But uh, like uh, a gentleman named Casey Legis just commented a little while ago. He's had an absolutely, he's a high school buddy of mine. He's had an outstanding season this year, killed two huge bucks, one in Kansas, one in Iowa. I mean, if I would have killed that buck this past week, Saturday morning, I'd be singing probably a different tune. Yeah, it's a great season, but I'd be, oh man, the strategy, you know, the tree I picked, you know, like yeah. I would have probably missed out on like that sentiment that like it took me being quote unquote unsuccessful with like harvesting the buck to like really like gather what is important and like take that and move on from it. Yeah. I do miss the gratifying piece of knowing you've done everything right. But you can do everything right up to a degree and still be proud of that. And I think that's what I'm probably most proud of is like I did 98 percent of things correctly to be within 10 feet or, you know, 10 yards of a of what I would classify a public land monster. And that's good enough for me, honestly, like getting out is good enough for me. It's going to be quite frank. <laughs> like, let's, yeah. let's be honest. Greg, I don't know. What are your thoughts? You, you've you laid the smack down on three dough. Uh, and I only saw three shells, so I assuming you 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 were a one shot kill kind of guy with those dough, which is pretty impressive, man. Well, like Derek said, if you can find a way to steady yourself and pick your shot and take your time, things go well. When you rush it, when you force it, when you try to just flick one in there, I've never had it go well when I do that. So. Yeah, uh, Friday I, I cleaned up. I finished uh, harvesting or filling the rest of my doe tags. So obviously I got one opening day out on the public in the cattail marsh. And then I got uh, the other three on the piece of private, which butts up to the public. Um, it worked out well, you know, it, I brought my, uh, brought one of my tracking poles out there. It must be the lucky one. Cause that's the one I used last year to do the exact same thing. Hmm. Um, deer came out a little bit closer to the middle of the property and I got an area where I can shoot and I got an area where I can't, you know, if, if it, uh, if, if it's past a certain point, I'm not taking a shot because there's houses over there. There's a road over there and there's, uh, there's all sorts of people walking around. You can hear them, kids playing and doing their thing. So it's, it's pretty close to being residential there yeah where you and i were hunting for for bow during the the peak of the rut there when those little bucks are chasing those does around you could hear all sorts of neighborhood activity going on yeah. <coughs> well, with a rifle you gotta be careful and yeah. uh, i try to be as careful as possible so 
if the deer got past a certain point, I wasn't taking a shot. Well, a couple of them made it past and they really weren't what I wanted to shoot. And then uh, the nice big doe came out and he kind of presented a nice neck shot. So I like to take neck shots because I don't tear up as much meat. And uh, they usually go down right away. So they come from one property and get on this property and I don't want to have to try and knock on doors and get permission. So I like to knock them out right away. So I did. And then uh, another medium sized deer was wandering around another doe. And I picked my shot at that one and dropped that one. And then I did like a quick little interview saying, yep, I filled two more doe tags. And then another one jumped out and I'm like, do I, or do I not? <laughs> How much work do I really want to do here? Yeah, you know, <laughs> let's just get it done and over with. So yeah. I shot the third one, filled my, filled the rest of my doe tags and fulfilled my obligation to the farmer. Would you say you were in kill mode, like I felt as though I was? Yeah. Just yeah. rocking rounds, yeah. baby. Let's keep going. Like, yeah. like a zombie sniper, man. I start doing that shit. It's amazing. These hands are already going to be bloody. What's another one? <laughs> that's, that's good. Uh, so, Tony Cordero asked you a question, Greg. He said, where in the neck do you aim? Yeah, I kind of, honestly, I just kind of picked the, probably closer to the shoulder. The only problem is, is if you, when you hit close to the shoulder, shoulder, neck area, uh, you got to worry about bone fragment and you better get the hide off right away to get the coagulated blood out and which i did not do so i had a little bit of loss in that shoulder but not terrible but the neck is pretty much shrapnel so um but yeah right right where the base of the neck and the shoulder you can go a little higher if you want to but kind of center because if you hit too low you're going to go right through meat you're going to go through meat and windpipe and i could show you on a head here but i probably shouldn't yeah, we don't want to get kicked off of social media. For the yeah, I don't want to get us kicked off social media. Second time. Showing where the windpipe is. Because, yeah, you can thread the needle right between the windpipe and just through the muscle material, and you'll never even you'll never even phase them. It'll feel like a flesh wound. But you got to hit them in the bone in order to, to break them. I got mine in the neck, the, the buck I got. I think I also got them not in the neck. Yeah. I don't know. I like neck shots. So you get a, a How good... How far was your shot, Greg, did you say? Uh, I kept her under 200 this year. Under 200. Uh, that's a poke still, man. I was at a hundred yards. Yeah. I think I was about a buck 50. It wasn't terrible. Yeah. I'm pretty comfortable with that. I zero my rifle for 200 for that spot because I have, you have the range you can. Yeah. Yeah. I have fun. Honestly, I, I think, you know, obviously it's a different, I think gun hunting and bow hunting are basically two different sports with the same ball. Like, I wouldn't even call it a sport. But I'm, you know, I'm not saying they're sport. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying they're two. They're not the same, like at all. They're 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 no, two they're not the same activity. Types of hunting. You're hunting and you're observing, but at the same, you have more range with the gun. But that it's range as, makes it makes it's it not as intimate with the gun, if you want to call correct. it that. Yeah. No, I, but I also so like I I love bow hunting more, but there's so things far. about gun hunting that I also love, and I started as a gun hunter before I was ever a bow hunter, and. uh when I started as a gun hunter, that was just hunting. I didn't. I wouldn't have thought that bow and gun were that different, or, you know, I just thought oh, I'm hunting and this is just the weapon I'm using. Like I didn't realize bow hunting was its own intimate thing. But the things I love about gun hunting is I kind of like that range. Yeah, it's a, uh, <laughs> it's payback for all the the faraway deer that you could not get close <laughs> yeah. enough to with the bow. <laughs> yeah, it helps you understand. There's, like, there's yeah. plenty of guys out there that like are bow only. You know, I just I don't even gun hunt. I personally, I love the gun hunt, man. I really I do. do. I think it's fun. It it gives you so many opportunities to like try different things. Like, 
think about the bow hunting stuff with like Zach Farinbaugh and the hunting public guys like go out and stalk some deer. Like that's freaking hard. Yeah, <laughs> it's really right. hard to do that. But with a gun, it's way more feasible for people to try tracking or try still hunting or like it just it affords more opportunities in my eyes. I just I shared a video with I don't you. know. I think it's good. Derek, what video did I share with you where a guy did? He tracked a deer up a mountainside and shot it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. Um, I'm I like, that's those. like something you would do, you know? I love watching those, man. Tracking videos from the Northeast. I've got all the Benoit books. I've got the How Blood books. I love reading those. Those are cool stories. Yeah. For anybody who's not ever researched tracking, I mean, what a cool way to hunt. It's the only way to hunt where you know there's a big buck. You know where he is. He's at the end of the tracks. You know where he is. Yep. You just got to hunt him down. You just got to catch up to him fast enough. Yep. And we had we had ideal, I mean, I don't know if it was totally ideal, but we had okay conditions for doing that for the last day here um, to go out yeah. and, and track. Yeah, with the but fresh snow, right? Yeah, we had a little bit of snow. snow. I just... I couldn't make it out with family obligations. I wanted to. I got pretty excited about seeing the snow for the last day of gun season. Um, in Shooter Buck Club there, uh, our buddy Colin Brown was out doing some tracking. I don't know if you guys saw that. No, I haven't looked. I think I saw yeah. it, but I haven't looked into it too deeply yet. Yeah, he tracked, uh, I think he was tracking some does because he only had a doe tag left or something. So he's trying to get on some does doing the tracking style. Good practice either way. I, absolutely. You can learn a lot following deer tracks. Yep. Cool. Hey, guys, you want to take a call from Noah? Sure. Of course. Not working. We're not going to say no. Hey, what's up, Noah? You're live. What's going on, buddy? Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Good How you doing, bud? <clears throat> oh, gun season was a disappointment again. Oh, no. Oh, no. Shit. What's going on, man? <laughs> Well, for some reason, opening weekend up north, I never, I haven't seen deer on my property for the last three years. Oof. Last three and years, I'm huh? not. Are they not there? I, are you just not seeing? Are they not there? Or are you just not seeing They're them? Just not there that time. Yeah. So this year, I was out with my buddies again. We have deer camp up there now. Um, this is the second year, and I can definitely tell you, my buddies are the okayest hunters. <laughs> <laughs> So well, that's your story. <laughs> so evening, evening hunt of opening day. Uh, I'm up in my saddle up on the ridge. Um, it's like maybe 50 yards up a ridge from where my cabin is, but still get plenty of deer moving on that ridge. Uh, I have my buddies. I have one of them set real easy walk down on my main food plot. And I have another one up in my climber up on my solar plot up on top of a hill so we're all sitting there not really hearing much not seeing anything until about 40 minutes before uh end of shooting hours i uh, i hear some crunching behind me i'm like oh it's a, it's a deer so i kind of start turning around and lo and behold it's my buddy on my food plot walking down the trail and so i i shoot him a quick text i'm like dude what's going on he texts back like, "Oh, I had to take a shit." Part <laughs> <laughs> for the course. Nice so, in the woods. <laughs> so, so I tell him like, "Okay, dude, just do it and go back out." He's like, "No, I don't want to make a bunch of noise for you guys." I'm like, "Well, you already did that, and 
worst comes to worst, it pushes them up to us. But so, uh, no one, no one got anything. So then, huh? No, so uh, so he goes in, he stays in, um, and I'm like, okay, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna sneak out of my stand like 20 minutes before in the shooting light, and I do, and so I sneak out of the saddle, I walk down the main trail as quietly as I could, and then I sit um, right underneath the downed tree with a clear line of sight down the trail right onto the food plot, about 100 yards. And lo and behold, this little spike comes right up uh, the trail from the river, stands broadside to both me and the stand my buddy would have been in. So, for me, a spike, uh, for me, a spike is not something I'm shooting on my property. Just, you know, I'm trying to grow some bucks up there. Yeah, but no, it was just—it uh, was funny. So, well, I was walking in uh, to that spot I was talking about earlier on the episode just a moment ago, and I'm like, "What's all that white stuff on the ground over there? Like, there's not been any snow. Like, what am I? What is that?" And I, so I'm like, I'm walking up on, I'm walking up on it, <laughs> bunch of freaking toilet paper. I'm like, "Ow!" Oh. I hope I didn't <laughs> step in <laughs> shit somewhere. Hard <laughs> shit over here. <laughs> that was kind of funny. I gotta say, um, guys, I I I did not I did not poop in the woods. I was able to successfully poop at the Verbo before we left every morning, and I am not even joking. I drank an absorb absorbent absorbent amount of Swamp Donkey, Dark Roast. I just threw it up on the screen, and uh, I didn't know this. Tyler just shared with me today that no one was able to buy the coffee on our site yet because. Well, like it was broken, like the setup was not working. So a couple people tried to buy, and they're like, "Hey, I can't buy this." Um, so we reduced the price, and I think it's fixed now. Anyways, but pretty effective. I'm really happy that I drank that to poop before I went to the so woods. It got, it got things <laughs> moving, huh? It really did. It really did. So maybe you can give some of that to your uh, buddy Noah as a gag gift. Be like, next time, dude, drink this before you go to the woods, please, for the love of God, or something. <laughs> Stop crapping. Yeah, I'll have to blood. do something about that. Oh, that's good to hear. So you're going to get out much more for, for muzzleloader or for late season bow, or what's the rest of your season going to look like here? Um, it's going to depend how the weather holds out. I'm not, I'm not really one for freezing my butt off too much more. Um, we'll see. I still have a ton of doe tags and obviously my, you know, my bow buck tag. Okay. Might go out for the holiday hunts later down here. That's cool. Other than that, it's, pretty much it for my hunting season now just waiting for the ice to come over yep get out some ice fishing fishing's on deck yeah that's cool man well thanks for the call thanks for the update thanks for the silly story yeah Yeah, no problem guys all right bud have a good night have a good one yeah Yeah, stay warm in the late season i don't have a lot of late season bow hunting gear all my warm stuff is orange (laughs) a lot of comments on social about wearing Giant blaze orange onesies. People are like, yeah, you don't need that much orange. It's like, well, have you ever hunted public land in Wisconsin <laughs> during gun opener? I feel like you might want to wear that much orange. Just depends. Well, you guys, you wearing a shit ton of orange or just like a vest and a hat or what? I'm wearing a vest and a hat. Yep, vest and a hat. And I have, uh, you know, my bow hunting clothes. I got some cold weather gear, so I, I, I rock that. And I just wear my, uh, the appropriate amount of orange to be legal. 
I've never really had like good orange stuff. You know Me what I mean? Like, it, yeah. It's always been just cheap fleet farm stuff and I yep. always got cold. So I bought good bow hunting stuff because I'm bow hunting a lot more than I'm gun hunting and figured Absolutely. a cheap $10 vest over a nice warm jacket was probably the way to go for me. Dude, that's super smart because I, as a, so going back to starting as a gun hunter, like I had gun hunting stuff. That's what I kind of like invested in. And because yep. I was always hunting in cold, cold sits with gun. And uh, my buddy, Mike, who just he just gun hunts and I'm, I've tried to get him into bow hunting. It's just he hasn't really bit. And uh, I was like, he's like, I need to buy some new blaze. I'm like, dude, why don't you buy some really good camo and then just throw a blaze vest on top? So that way, if you want to get into bow hunting, you're, you're all set there. You didn't listen. But that would be the way to, that I would recommend to go, depending on like where you're on your hunting journey, so to speak. But Derek Muzzleloader, you're gonna try to get out what this coming weekend? Yeah, so I still got my uh, my buck tag. I got a couple buddies who still have their buck tags. I'm working on tubs to come with us too. Um, I stopped at Cabela's tonight. I got some sabots. I got my white hot pellets, my primers. I haven't shot my muzzleloader in probably three years. I got to shoot it this week and get prepared. But uh, I got <clears throat> I got some really good buddies. Some of my best friends coming down for uh saturday we're gonna do some drives so uh our buddy bo who we uh ghost bucks guy I go down to illinois with um he's been talking about muzzleloader drives he really likes the muzzleloader season so he's like dude we gotta do some drives we gotta do some drives so we're trying to figure out where to go and i was like guys i got some spots down here i would love to try to push um so my good buddy adam that i went down to illinois with he killed that good one down there bo um our buddy Dave, possibly my buddy Ben. My dad might come down and be a stander for some drives. Oh, and wow. I'm working on, yeah, you're working on me. Here. And tubs. Well, so so uh, you can only, you can you use your bow with most? Like, yeah, you, you wouldn't want bow. to because you if you're driving and stuff like that, would be kind of wacky. But, like, if I could bring my bow if I don't have a, a muzzle loader, right? Uh, Dave's, Dave said he was going to bring his bow, probably. That's cool. And I have a so like, can you use your? You can't use your archery tag during that, can you? Or yeah, you can. Because I don't, I don't have. I use my so like these are questions coming from someone that's never muzzle loaded, muzzle loaded. Yeah, you can use because both seasons open, so you we could. I you can could use your archery tag. I have not you, used my. I archery walk out tag. in the woods right now, and I'm legal with all the orange and appropriate equipment, and have and have the licensing. Yep. See, I walk out there with a gun season tag, but I have my bow for a weapon. I can go out there and fill my gun tag. But I have a bow buck tag, not a gun well, buck tag. Also, if you read the uh, read the regulations, Eric, bow yeah, season. Eric. What? Yeah, what's that all? Yeah, just bow, talk, bow be, season be nice. is open the entire year. Yeah, 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 that I know. So that I just wasn't sure. But like, you know, if a certain hunt is like, if this hunt's happening, then I know you could bring your bow gun hunting. I guess so. that's a thing that people do during. Which yes, I think you is can just, still fill your bow tag yeah. with your bow. During a gun hunt, Greg, comma, know sometimes that I ask questions for the listeners and not just me. I do stuff to, you know. Come on, Eric. <laughs> uh, right now, wait, I do. I do have a legit question here. Yes. Um, and I feel like I know the answer, but I don't know for sure. So, muzzleloader season, a firearm season, is party hunting still legal? Yeah, I would. I don't know why it wouldn't be. Like, like I have doe tags for like obviously for like Washington, Waukesha County. But my buddy's coming from up north, 
like they could buy some, but I was like, you know, like if we can party on, I'm not going to tell them to go buy some dough tags as, as long, long as you're all going to be together. Stay, you know, I don't know what those the distances regulations wise, but if you're within earshot, Sight and sound. yeah, if you're within earshot of said person who shoots deer or needs to tag deer or whatever, I, I don't know if it's within 500 yards or something like that. Yeah, we'll definitely be within that. I mean, we're just doing some little pushes and wind bumps and stuff like that. Yeah, you'll be fine. So, cool. I'll probably double check it. No offense, but I don't want to. No, no, you need to, you need to look at the regulations. Don't just take someone's. Yeah, you have to, you got, yeah, that's a, that's a wise thing. You can always call someone to you at the DNR, but, um, are you guys going morning, afternoon, last light? I imagine once you push then it's kind of it, right? Like you're not going to go, we're going to go basically all day. I got a couple different spots that I've been, that I, in my head, I'm dying to try. It's just going to be all based on the wind. Um, uh, I don't. You gonna like, do some scent, some scent bumping? Yes, some wind bumping for sure. Um, that would be ideally what we'll do, so that deer come squirting out. Hopefully, the sides and like when you wind bump, those deer can get up, you know, in front of you, and they like to circle back into the wind. So actually, sometimes if you kind of do some serpentine, right? So your wind's drifting this way, the deer get up and they try to circle upwind. If you're moving, sometimes you can get them to circle back up in front of you. I'm not a big fan of the hooting and hollering drives. No, um, yeah. Then they're, they then they're running you, like... Especially the bucks, they pinpoint you and they just either sit tight, let you walk by, or they, uh, they'll they just circle through the drivers. So we'll probably do some wind bumps and uh, maybe even some still hunts, just like spread out and still hunt through stuff, try to get one moving in front of somebody else. Um, these guys are all pretty damn good hunters, so I think I think we got a chance. What's the temp this weekend? It's like 10 degrees out today. It's the coldest day I think we've had yet. I think it's supposed to warm up a bit. I saw like a high of 38 on Saturday, which hmm. would be pretty beautiful. It's kind of nice. Yeah. If you're moving too, it's not terrible. Exactly. Yeah, we'll not rip your face off, but. yeah, so we got a couple um, couple nice thick spots that I think these deer have probably piled into a little bit over gun season. Um, even with, I know a lot of drives go on in the area we're going to go, but I mean, unless you got a lot of guys doing it well, it's pretty hard to get these deer to where you want them to be. So I think I think there's going to be some good bucks left in there. Yeah, yeah. Drives can usually kind of kind of get them out of there, you know. I mean, you got enough people spread out a bunch. That's kind of cool. Yeah, so we're excited to try that. Um, it'll be fun. Hopefully, maybe a new tradition that we start. You know, be kind of cool if it was something we did every year. Yeah, it would. I'm interested. Uh, I don't. I'm a little nervous to bring it up. I might not even. <laughs> I might just. I don't know. You guys know. Is good, Derek? Is your wife getting more cats? By the way. Uh oh yeah, cat update. Uh, been cat free all season. No new cats. I gave the approval. Ashley wanted to get our daughter a kitten for Christmas because she doesn't feel like she has a cat that's hers. Gus picked out all the other ones basically. So I was like, all right, we can He's do one. Using kitten. your daughter against you to get this next one. Okay. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, she's like, well, Gus really wants one, too. You know, maybe two. No, one kitten. She keeps going. Stand strong. You got to get a pair. You can't just get one. Yeah, you, you can, can you just can get one. Because then when the one dies, you have one funeral, and that's it. As long as your wife still likes, you know, me, then we can keep doing this. If she decides to hate me, then this whole thing is no more an operation. 
I'm going to take her side. I'm sorry. You got to get two cats. I got to play. The, I got to play the long game here. Eric, you got to grow a pair. Is what you? No, I'm do. just. I'm just being very uh, tactical in my approach to uh, the podcast here. If I got to win Derek over, I got to win his wife over. <laughs> There's a lot of strategy, just like hunting. How are we going to do this, guys? Yeah, How are we going to make yeah. this happen? You got to know where the does are to get the bucks. If anybody like, has any saying? good anti-cat strategies, I'm all ears. And if you oh, don't, if you're listening to this, I got some anti-cat strategies. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I, I want to say, if you're listening to what the hell we're talking number about, number two, and it ends with the number two. Oh, boy, we are uh, inside baseball here. There on our on our hunting show. We'll see how it goes. Our season one of last season or whatever on YouTube and Carbon TV on our interviews. Derek, I don't know how this even came up. It was like, well, I have this thing with cats and. Every time I go hunting, my wife decides to get another cat. So, a little uh, inside joke for everybody here. But uh, what was one of the? I, I noticed in the comments here, guys, a lot of people are talking about like losing their parents to cancer, and um, I'm not reading them all deep because a lot coming through here. I'm trying to run a lot, but that all stemmed from your initial message about just slowing down and appreciating things, and you never know how much time you have and who you're going with, and. Um, just circling back and not to get morbid or anything, but like hunting is deeply personal and emotional and spiritual. Um, it's, it's way more than, than what we might have for like a goal standpoint to just record and remember that stuff. Seeing some of these comments come through and make me freak out a little bit inside. I could imagine losing my dad or something like that. It would just be really, really hard. So, um, yeah, I guess like, we talked about this on the podcast last week a little bit. I think I did at least, but like, I really, I really felt special on that opening day with my dad. Yeah. Um, he and I got to share, we both got deer a couple of years ago. I think it was like three or four years ago. We both got deer on an opening day, which we'd never done before. We got to drag them out together. And that was like a big moment. That was really cool. We got to share the day, um, dragging out bucks, which was awesome. And then this last time, uh, my dad's, back has been really deteriorating quickly so he can't do the things that he once did and it's like finally kind of catching up to him and like a realization of like hey you know age is here like things are different and it was kind of hitting him so I dragged him along to the spot and when he shot that buck you know I was the hype man yeah you know we did it we got one and then it was like dad I'm gonna gut it for you you know, you've got so many of mine, so I got it. And then I was like, Dad, I'm going to drag this buck for you because you drag so many of mine. And it was like, it was the full circle moment, right? Like, it was like, you know, the passing of the torch, kind of, of like, you know, things have changed and like, yeah. Dad isn't capable of doing what he did before. And like, you, you got to kind of accept it and like cherish the times that you have left in the woods. And like, well, now that you're a parent, Derek. And how you think of your kids and that you brought Gus with you and how proud you are to have him out there and how proud you are of him when he does different things and accomplishments. From your dad's perspective, that must have been a really, really proud moment for him. So one part bitter because, like, he can't do it. So there's, like, a pride issue with that because, like, you, people have their own pride. But then the proudness of seeing you do it must have, like, balanced that out to make it a pretty damn good moment for him, I'm willing to bet. We had a good day. There was lots of smiles and lots of laughs. And I think it was, I mean, it, it, I'm not like painting this to be like this huge, <laughs> like monumental, like dad will never yeah, hunt yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't want it to be that. But it was just like, a, you know, like it was, It just felt different than it normally did a little yeah. bit. Yeah, it's cool. I don't know. Uh, anyway, so sorry. I just want to acknowledge some of those comments. Those are some pretty deep comments coming through here. And I, I 
wanted to just pay them some credit here, but uh, yeah, lots of comments coming through. Uh, I don't know, Gene Gunther didn't see any deer gun season. Got out when I could. Started uh, treatments last Thursday, so yeah, they they're going through some stuff. Rough week. Just saw does when I hunted opening day. Gun didn't feel any buck tag. Try again next year. Always love gun hunting. Reminds me of my grandpa. Like heck yeah. You know, I just I I love our audience, man. I love the people that listen to our stuff. I feel like they're they're one of us. All you guys Good that listen, people. all you guys and gals, it's pretty cool. And, we appreciate uh, it, yeah. Yeah, I honestly really do. It's fun. It's fun that we get calls, we get comments, people get to participate. That's not every podcast. And uh, I know we're not always talking about the, the latest and greatest gizmos or gadgets or the most hardcore tactics, but we kind of, every now and again, we like to loosen the belt here and just have a nice chit-chat. No guest. You guys are just cutting up meat in your, in your houses. It's pretty therapeutic right now, actually. You guys are probably like in the, in the zone over there. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry if I'm distracted. <laughs> I love it. Trying not to slice off a digit. <laughs> yeah. If you did that on live deep live YouTube, <laughs> I'd be like, "Well, then Derek's gone." It's an artery. <laughs> uh, oh, Greg, what are you doing with that deer? You teaching that thing ballroom dancing? Yes, yeah, right. <laughs> Let's see if it fly across the screen. Holy crap! What are you guys gonna? Have you guys cooked any of that stuff up yet? Or you got any plans for like, uh, what's your favorite first meal to cook? Um, I actually did some backstrap. It wasn't from this year's deer yet. I was using up some of my old stock, but I had two backstraps left in the freezer and those okay. got made for Thanksgiving. We didn't do turkey. We did uh, venison backstrap and a really large chicken. Nice. Yeah. No, feel like crap after you eat uh, a big Thanksgiving turkey. So didn't want to feel like crap and uh, wanted to do something different. But it's been tradition at my house, I don't know, the past, we'll say, eight years for me to cook some sort of venison for Thanksgiving. That's one of the one of the dishes. Cool. So when, when you guys brought food over last year for our, like, season finale, wives tell all episode, uh, everything you guys brought over was amazing. And it was really cool to have you guys cooking up on the grill. That was pretty awesome. I don't remember what it well, Greg, you had some stu garlic stuffed cream cheese. Tenderloins. Tenderloins going on. Derek, you had bacon wrapped something, shababs. I don't, dude, everything was just so good. There's so much meat in the house that night. It was out of control. If Greg ever texts that he's making stuff tenderloin, I will come from wherever <laughs> I am to have that. was so good. Yeah, that's what I made for Thanksgiving this year. And there was, there was no leftovers. Uh, in fact, I almost had to arm wrestle my brother in law, but he, uh, he 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 neglected to uh, to take me up on the challenge. I won. I, I got to eat the last piece off the plate. Nice. Look at Man. that. Nice slab of meat cake. So my my father in law got one of those, um, yeah, not a blackstone, but like one of the griddle grill things. Yeah. Yep. I, I think he got a pit boss brand one. I don't know which one theirs is. I think that's what he got because it's ceramic, so it's easy yeah. cleaning. I think. So he's been really, he's been just happier in hell with that. Uh, I've not even seen it yet. Um, but I, I got to pick up. So I'm, I took my deer to the butcher. It's, I got all my fresh cuts already. So I got to go pick that up maybe tomorrow. Um, I think I'm going to cook some steaks on that. I want to try it out. So I might go over there and cook a dinner for everybody with some venison. Sweet. I had, uh, I took the uh, inner loins, the tenderloins from, uh, the dough I got with the bow there right before gun season started. 
And I had, uh, when we were in uh, Italy this past summer, my wife and I went on that cool trip. I had bought, uh, we went to like an oilery and well, they did a whole bunch of other things, but at the oilery, I bought some uh, black truffle okay. olive oil. Okay. Ooh. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, I've just been using that sparingly to like marinate meat once in a while. And I don't really cook it with anything else. And I marinated some of those inner loins. I don't really need it, but like I threw a little bit of that truffle oil in there and let them sit in the fridge for two or three days. And then I just touched them in a, in a pan with some onions, some garlic and oh, those things were yummy. How was it uh, getting that stuff through customs? No issues actually. Really? Yeah. They had that. I mean like that must be the normal. Cause like these kind of shops, like, basically it's all set up they have chocolate they have truffles they have all your pastas your different spaghetti sauces like this is what they do is they just sell it for like so i think if you get like large large quantities of it they question or yeah but like the kids bought a bunch we were on a you know it's a student trip so some of the kids bought a whole bunch of stuff but we didn't have any issues at all bringing it back that's good yeah Nothing worse than spending all your hard-earned money on some cool stuff you want to eat when you get home and either find out it got smashed in your luggage or, uh, or customs is enjoying customs it. decided to commandeer that because yeah, that's a little too good for you. We're gonna keep that. Yeah, we're gonna keep that. Tom, one. To, Tom to Cray said his cousin thought venison roast was brisket. When she found out it was venison, she felt violated. I've always that's secretly awesome. wanted to do that to people. Actually, specifically my mother-in-law. I just want to make some venison and tell her it's not venison because she's like, ah, oh, venison. And have her be like, well, that's pretty I'm going to tell you right tell now, her. the easiest way to do it, just do a pot roast. Get yeah. a cheap cut of beef to put in there and do your do your pot roast. Um, you know, whether you're using the, the football roast or whatever out of the hindquarter. Yep. And then just uh, put a, it, it doesn't have to be a real expensive piece, just with some beef fat on it and, and throw it right over the top, season it up like you would a beef roast and, um, Put it right in the crock pot and put all the usual accoutrement with yeah. it. Accoutrement. She won't know the difference. In fact, the first time I did it for my mother-in-law, I didn't tell her it was venison. But she knew the meat was different because the grain is different, right? Mm -hmm. And it has flavor, unlike beef, where it really doesn't have a whole lot of flavor. Especially if it's store-bought beef, it definitely doesn't have a whole lot of flavor. So. Yeah, that's why you gotta season the hell out of it. So put it in there with a with uh with a beef roast and uh they won't know the difference. So I'm not trying to turn this into a cooking show, but I'm just curious since we're talking about it and since we got Greg here who's pretty damn good at all this stuff. So Greg, when you're processing, you gotta obviously you processed a ton of those last year, processed a ton of venison this year. What do you end up doing with most of your meat? Are you grinding it? Do you have a smoker? What do you like Sounds to do with your meat? You. Are you yeah. doing steaks and roasts almost? So I try to keep as much of this stuff as as prime cuts as possible. Um, I don't have a smoker. You know, if I smoke something, you know, like the, the fish that we caught on Lake Michigan, I'll smoke those on on the uh, on the Weber grill. Yep. No big deal. It's not hard to do, but I'm not set up to mix and grind my own sausage. I have a meat grinder. I can grind burger. You know, I can get some beef fat, which I have some in the frizz in the freezer right now. Um, I can grind some burger with it, but if I'm going to take so much time, you know, like those front shoulders yesterday, I did those out to one deer. 
It took a lot of time. It takes a lot of time to break down a front shoulder because there's so much. A lot uh, of silver skin and ligaments. And yeah, that. there's a lot of nasty stuff in them. So if I'm going to take that kind of time and cut it up and get all that stuff out of there, I'm not going to throw it in the grinder. I might as well slice that up thin and use it for fajitas, use it for uh, um, other dishes, you know, that require chunks of meat. So maybe we're going to do some uh, some venison stew. We'll do, you know, anything that you want to use chunk meat for. That's what I try to do with it. Good question. And then with like, <clears throat> Eric, I'm assuming you get some of yours ground into burger. Uh, yeah, and, and quite a bit of it actually, but the big reason for that, or one of the big reasons is just because uh, my wife is not a huge fan of venison. I think she kind of ruined it for herself. Like we had our first house, I was out ice fishing and she was gonna be a really nice new wife and um, make me a nice hot roast. So when I got home, my buddies, we could have a nice hot meal ready for us, venison. and. Um, she took a whole roast and cubed it up, which you could just put the roast in and, you know, let it yep. do its thing. Well, she didn't know that, and she, the only meat she was going to grab was the roast. So cubing that up took her uh, a lot of time and got blood all over the kitchen, all over her. She didn't like the smell. She felt like she was a part of a murder scene. And ever <laughs> since that day, <laughs> she's kind of, like, proclaimed, I, I don't like venison. Um, then to make matters worse, when I shot the buck on the wall behind me here, the, the wide guy, uh, <laughs> it was a quarter ring two shot from up above. So of course you got some gut on the way out on the exit. And, uh, one of the steaks I cooked up must've been covered in bile. So when I cooked up in the house, it smelled like gut and, uh, so that didn't help. So she's had some pretty poor experiences. <laughs> so the best meat for her is the ground up stuff. She can tell well, yeah, that. And you got young she can kids add a little bit of pork right? to I it or whatever. And yeah. it's, it's literally a convenience item. You pull it out, you thaw it. You yeah, get spaghetti, chili, da da da. Spaghetti, tacos, burgers, chili. Yeah. The kids like nope. that. Here's a steak. They like that once in a while. Once but they're the other older, stuff yeah. Versatile while they're little, you yeah. know? Yeah. So I don't know. Just. Excited to get back. I like, I like, I'm like trying to still for three years, uh, three-ish years, two years, somewhere in there, I've been trying to learn the cast iron skillet and how to do stuff. And now that I got the pit boss on the back, I'm just cooking out there so I don't stink up the kitchen, get grease flinging all over the place. And it's, you know, I can use it like a, like a stove when I open that, that uh, compartment with the flame come through. It, it can burn pretty hot. So I like cooking out there on the cast iron. I've enjoyed doing that quite a bit. There you go, Greg. Got a girl. I don't want a beer. I'm drinking this bourbon over here, but um, yeah. So I don't know. That's kind of the thing that we'll be doing. What's post rifle season deer movement look like for you guys down there? Um, I don't. I feel like after the Blaze Orange Army comes through for the nine day gun season, it's like feels pretty scarce. But also, like Doug Duran made a post today, like all the big bucks came out the day after everything was done. It's almost like they knew. I don't know if that's true or not. Deer are pretty yeah, interesting. Yeah, the creatures. pressure lifts. Deer start to come back to their normal movement. I see I got a cell camera out still and it just blew up. So, but that one's been all mostly, you know, right at closing time type movement. So those deer got to be coming out of the marsh. If you're sitting over the marsh, it's probably going to be better now that things have quieted down. They're not hearing as many gunshots. It's 
not as many people running around chasing them through the marshes and things. It's going to turn around. We don't have as many people hunting muzzleloader here either, you know. My yeah. experience with the public um, around anywhere south of like Highway 64 is really like, yeah, the deer start to get back to their normal patterns pretty quick or like normal movement quickly. But what I've always noticed is there tends to be a pretty major shift, especially if cold weather rolls in like this. So they'll go back to their normal movement patterns, but where those movement patterns happen are going to be wherever the easiest food sources, which in my experience has many times been private land Yeah, near, it's near the public. So like I've run cameras on last year, I had cameras on probably seven or eight different public pieces in spots that I thought would hold bucks and I could not get a buck. I couldn't even locate a buck. I ended up locating like one, two year old and a couple of year, year and a half year old bucks was all I could find on public all over like it was just really difficult to find an antler deer there's a guy on, on uh, instagram or tiktok that's dressed in a deer costume that was like the public land buck meets the private land buck he's like hey man can I come on to your land he's like oh i got it good over here like he gives me food he doesn't shoot me everything's just great <laughs> public land <laughs> yeah i saw that one too that was a good that one a good one yeah they got it good over there so yeah i suppose it makes sense if they can create the habitat to, to keep them that's kind of what they're trying to do i suppose if you yeah, got and, private land and, good for you Bucks are still chasing does. I mean, that's not going to quit until after Christmas even. So if you have a population of does, keep an eye the bucks out. are going to be hanging around there all the time, but they're going to come through and check. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know. I think we're, we're at uh, about an hour in. You guys are still cutting up meat. No drives home for you tonight. That's got to be nice, fellas. Thanks for doing this yeah. virtually. Thank you. Thank Cheers. You. Yeah. Cheers. What are you drinking, Derek? What do you got? I got uh, Kentucky something, some cheap, cheaper version of bourbon. It's so good <laughs> he doesn't remember. We call it no-name bourbon. It's called blackout, blackout bourbon. Yeah. No, good episode. Thanks, everybody, for, for hanging in the comments, and, and thanks for the call, Noah. Appreciate it. Uh, next week... What is the date? Let me just, what is the date next week? Anybody know what the freaking date is? The 5th. I think we have a uh, basement decorator on next week. Yeah, we got Thomas on. That is next week. Okay. Good to know. So, yeah. Y'all are in studio next week. That'll be a fun episode. He's a, he's, a, he's a fun guy. Indeed. Cool. I don't think I have, I don't know, much else. We still got our Cyber Monday, Black Friday stuff is running through until the end of the day tomorrow. Or is it, or tonight? I think it's the end of the day tomorrow. I don't really know. I should know, but it's the 29th. So take advantage of the 20% off, $25 free gift card on $100 orders or more. And uh, coffee prices have just been reduced. And I think those are those orders are, should be working now if you wanted to buy some coffee, like pretty damn good coffee. It's uh, from Our Grounds Coffee out of PA area who does that for us. So it's pretty damn good stuff. We don't make it ourselves, though. It would be terrible coffee. I would never drink it. It would be worse than like Folgers, I bet. Yeah, we'll get you guys some of that coffee too, Derek. You're a pretty harsh critic on coffee, I think. I like the dark roast, man. That's where I'm at. I That's like cool. the dark roast. Little, I'll get you some dark roast. You can try it out. Let me know what you think. It tastes like a dark roast deer camp coffee should taste. The swamp donkey wow. is kind of fun. I'm all about that. I just gotta keep the toilet nearby. <laughs> Guaranteed to get things moving. Yeah, I gotta pick up my uh, Euro mount from our buddy Jeff. I think end of this week. I'm gonna go grab that. I got a nice. chance. 
Excited to get that in. That should be here by the time you guys are in next week to take a gander at it. Cool. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Is there anything else? I don't know. Am I missing something? No. Yeah. Maybe. I don't think so. All right. Thanks, All everybody, right. for tuning in. See ya. <laughs>